Hello, and you are back in the Velvet Room with Joker the Fool. This is our 39th episode, and today we'll be discussing that most likely nothing will come of the Epstein list, Mickey leaving the clubhouse, and Chappelle being a dreamer. So this is our first podcast um, of 2024, or mine, let's just say, and uh, we're going to get right into it with the Epstein list. So uh, Epstein was um, in jail for 2019. Uh, hanging from his jail cell, of course, that was deemed as a suicide. We all know that was clearly not the case. There was a lot of funny business going around around uh, on around that, and that's because the men that Epstein serviced, um, or the people in in that ring that he serviced on the on the islands, all, all these things, uh, were very powerful people. The most powerful people, basically, on the planet. All the wealthy. Uh, businessmen, politicians, um, anyone who was like, I guess, of modern nobility, anyone who had any sort of class or status uh, and was completely open to degeneracy, which so many of those people are, were on his client list, were going to the island to uh, sexually assault and use little girls and boys uh, on, on that island. Of course, everyone on that client list is definitely culpable in that, and there's a lot of talking about the client list being released, and of course, people are talking about Bill Clinton's name being on it, uh, Trump's name being on it, Bill Gates's name being on it, and I am here to say that most likely uh, it's not going to really matter. So it's going to be some redacted form of the list. It's going to have names that you don't typically know, and these are people who. Um, are in these pedophile rings, aren't paying their dues, or they are people that the higher-ups in the uh, WEF, globalist New World Order, want to get rid of because they're not towing the line properly or or they're behind on their payments or whatever. They, they're out of favor with um, these uh, Satanist pedophiles that are run these um, underground uh, pedophile networks. Um, you know, child sex trafficking ring, so they they fall out of favor with them. So they're going to uh, get axed, and it's going to be done through releasing some of the names on the client list. And they're going to be people that you don't know because they're going to be lower on the totem pole, uh, but they'll still be like you know millionaires, you know, even billionaires, because there's a good amount of people in that wealth class, and a lot of, a lot of those people, um, they just you know got rich through either inheriting the money or being um, you know adept. Um, at uh, business, entrepreneurship, whatever hell you want to call it, and they were able to amass a lot of wealth, but they didn't necessarily need to get famous to do so. So they're um, unknown to the average person, but they have the resources to engage with uh, these the sex trafficking rings. And uh, Epstein was, of course, um, a big uh, hub in that network. And, of course, um, Jelaine Maxwell was um, finding a lot of these um, girls to be... Um, the victims of these uh, of these men, and you know probably some women as well, who were, were involved in uh, using these children on, on these uh, on you know, this island and all, all those sorts of things. So they they were rich enough to do that. They had the money and the resources to do that, but they didn't have the notoriety. So it's going to be people you don't know, and those are the people who will get axed. And of course, I'm sure they'll try and find a way to um, make Trump somewhat culpable. And they'll probably exonerate Bill Clinton, or try to, at least, because he's definitely one who toes the line. So, all the people who wear it would matter, like, you know, Bill Clinton, Bill Gates, um, even, you know, someone like Mark Zuckerberg, anyone who's currently holding federal office and um, pushing the Union Party's agenda, 
uh, those people are going to not be on the list because they're playing the game correctly. And this is all about playing the game. And all these documents, all of this um, evidence is in the hands of the right people for it to not get out. So the only way that we're truly going to get the um, Epstein client list fully under unredacted uh, is if someone hacks the servers or wherever it's at and leaks it online. That is the only way we're going to get uh, um, the Epstein client list. It's not going to be um, officially unsealed, like, ever. Uh, and, you know, maybe I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong on that, but that's just where it seems. So take this, like, oh, you're going to release all these names and it's going to be a big bombshell with a grain of salt. That's all I am going to say about that. And we're going to move right into the next topic and if you're still with me be sure to like comment and subscribe appreciate you being here being a listener um first and foremost but if you do like those things engage with the uh video the, the podcast like i say comment like subscribe but we're going to move into the next topic and that's mickey leaving the clubhouse so steamboat willie the initial iteration of mickey mouse is now in the public domain and people are already uh you know using that famous image of him being Steamboat Willie. Disney has used that as like a intro for a lot of their um, animations, uh, the Steamboat Willie intro. I'm sure you've seen it before. So that Mickey Mouse is basically getting memed on. I've seen like a, a first-person shooter game is in development based on, um, um, you know, Mickey Mouse from that um, that Mickey Mouse and also all the, uh, you know, people in like Steamboat Willie or, or I would say the other cartoon characters being used as enemies, being in that like classic late 20s early 30s style something very much reminds me of cuphead it looks pretty cool people are going to make horror movies people like i said are using are making memes based on that image and disney can't do jack about it so i think it's just uh funny it's a footnote in the decline of disney as well and i do think some interesting stuff is going to come out of it but it's not going to be um, it's not going to be this big bombshell that destroys this. And Disney is very slowly collapsing under its own weight. They're still making billions in revenue. They're still making all this money. Um, but their profit margins are decreasing. The uh, stock is basically going uh, down the tank. And the uh, making money uh, hand over fist days are completely um, freaking over. Especially if um, it seems like they're not going to be course correcting in any meaningful way anytime soon. So this is just, it's just going to go on a complete decline. Now how long is that going to take? Um, I don't know. But I don't think uh, we'll be seeing Disney 200. Uh, we had Disney 100 last year. I don't think Disney 200 is going to be a thing if they keep going at this pace. It's going to go bankrupt and defunct because they're they're just they just can't sustain a corporation this size unless they have the cash flow and the growth to to basically justify the the, the investment and the operations that they're doing and, and they're not experiencing that at all. They're experiencing declines in profits. Less people are going to parks. Less people are going to the box office. People are unsubscribing from Disney Plus and droves and everything um, that should be making them money hand over fist is losing the money. So the streaming isn't a cash cow. The box office this year isn't a cash cow. And this year, it's definitely not going to be a cash cow. It might not lose them like over a billion dollars or however much money lost them in 2023 but there's going to be it's just because there's less content because of the the writer writer and the actor strikes delayed a lot of the um release schedule for the entertainment industry pretty drastically and that's going to affect um a lot of 2024's um 
movie releases, and that's going to include Disney as well. So they aren't going to release nearly as many films, so there isn't nearly as much opportunity for them to lose money. But even if they do slightly profit, let's say they make something like two to five hundred million dollars in profit of the box office this year, that isn't undoing the damage that they've done in the box office this year. That's most likely not going to make their streaming uh, endeavors with Disney Plus profitable. I think they're going to try and consolidate it, try and get it to, with Hulu and all, all these other things and ESPN, and try and get enough people onto it and keep people on it to. Uh, make it make money to make it seem like they've got a high amount of monthly active users so they can get investors on board and keep the investors that are currently on the company on board. But it's not a good position to be in. I do think that Mickey, um, the, the original Mickey going into public domain, is just a footnote in that it's not going to make anything necessarily better. Uh, of course, not going to make anything better, but it's not going to make it worse for Disney. So if this just didn't happen, right, I don't think it would affect anything one way or the other. But we'll get some cool, uh, you know, fan-made content on the internet. Of course, it's a new meme template now as well as that uh, original Steamboat Willie with Mickey saying basically anything. <laughs> uh, and so that'll be a funny and interesting thing. But like like I said, uh, Disney is collapsing under its own weight. And that's, that will continue to happen, and regardless of whether or not Mickey is in the public domain or not, which he is. And this, of course, only affects the Steamboat Willie Mickey, the 1929 Mickey animation. So, like, the modern-day Mickey, the Fanta- Fantasia Mickey, the current iteration of Mickey Mouse, that's still copyrighted. Disney still got that on lock. You can't do anything with that unless you're working at Walt Disney Animation Studios or, or you know, whatever. Uh, but that Steamboat Willie, you can do whatever you want. Make a video game, make a movie, make whatever the hell you want. And people are going to do that. And people are going to be not kind to the mouse because the mouse hasn't been kind to them if you look at their track record. And that's why Disney is in the position that it is. But I think I've gone on long enough with that topic. We are moving right along into the last topic. And that's Dave Chappelle very recently released a new special on Netflix, I believe, called The Dreamer. Something along those lines. And he does make some jokes uh, against the trans community. And I did watch one of them. It was uh, this Jim Carrey bit where Jim Carrey was, you know, pretending to be... I forget the the name of the... uh, uh, comedian he was pretending to be like he's like well I wanted to meet Jim Carrey but I had to meet this guy and that's how I feel about trans people it's very funny it's like a long thing to establish but the punchline was very good so Chappelle is a good great comedian I respect his comedic ability uh, and, and such and I do think the fact that Dave Chappelle um, doing this making these jokes is genuinely genuinely a good thing for the culture but people will use Dave Chappelle and like, hey, Dave Chappelle can be a bigoted, homophobic, transphobe, blah, 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 you know, autistic screeching about, you know, whatever offensive thing Dave Chappelle. And he's still around. He's still got his Netflix deals. He's still making all this money. So cancel culture doesn't exist, right? Now, it's there's a certain uh, a level of notoriety and fame you can gain where you'll basically become immune to cancel culture as long as you aren't doing anything that's like absolutely deplorable, like object, like actually deplorable, like you're actually doing essay, like you're actually harassing people and using people. If you're saying things that are off the cuff or go against the current establishment political grain, like the Chappelle is, and you just put your feet in the ground and say, fuck you. Uh, I, I mean, I meant what I said and I said what I meant and I'm not reneging. I'm not uh, apologizing. Then you can take the blow back and you're going to be just fine, but it's the uh, it's a little guy. It's the um, average person who's 
working for a job in uh, corporate America that's all in on DEI. They get canceled on Twitter. They're gone. They're basically out on the streets. Those are the people who get affected by cancel culture. Those are the people who get um, affected when the mob comes and dogpiles on them. And those are the people you don't hear about because they just get like maybe 15 seconds of fame at this point on the internet. It's all negative and then the mob moves on to the next person. And those are the people that um, cancel culture is affected by. But I do think that's going to become less and less the case as you know more people like Chappelle um, do these sorts of things where you know they make um, humor the ghosts like Instagram, like where you're just making fun of transgenderism. You're poking fun at the entire concept of it, and you're just fine. I think it's going to embolden a lot of people to act um, in spite of cancel culture, and the more people do that, the less of an effect the mob will have uh, on you. And I think that's a, a positive thing for the cul- for the culture. That's a, a very positive thing. Um, to say so uh, you know I'm not going to agree with Chappelle on anything or say he's an absolute god of comedy because he made a a couple of jokes that align with what I agree with but like I said I do think it's a positive thing of the culture it's a good takeaway and it's definitely going to make cancel culture less uh, relevant in going into 2024 than it ever has been before since it became a thing around 2016 I would say uh, that's when all this modern internet stuff we're dealing with really came into full effect was uh, around 2016 I would say but I think I've been rambling on long enough I think I made all the points that I wanted to make for the most part I hope you enjoyed this episode the first episode of in the velvet room with joker the fool of 2024 and we'll see you on Thursday for episode 40 and we're playing the outro now Thank you for being in the Velvet Room with Joker the Fool. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe whether you're listening on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, or Substack. And be sure to subscribe to my Substack, velvetroompublishing.substack.com to keep up with Machine to Man and all my other projects.